Hi, I'm Emily Williams, the founder of the top success and personal development company for driven women called I Heart My Life. I grew my company from $442 to seven figures in my first 18 months. And since then, it's become a movement for women who know they're meant for something big and refuse to settle. At I Heart My Life, we operate with the belief that anything is possible and no dream is too big. We're all about combining business strategy, deep mindset work, high performance practices, money tips, and a whole lot of lifestyle to help you get the results you deserve in all areas of life. Because after all, we only get this one shot. This is your one-stop shop for all things inspiration. So grab your favorite drink and a pen and a notebook and get ready to be inspired. Oh, and if you're not a member of our community, go to iheartmylife.com slash join and receive all of our emails and announcements. And while you're at it, copy and paste this episode link and share it with three friends. Now on to the episode. This is episode 204, what I've done to become a high performer. So today's episode is one I always hoped I'd be able to record, but honestly, when I first started my business, it wasn't necessarily the exact phrase in terms of high performer that was on my radar. It wasn't until my husband got certified as a high performance coach through Brendan Burchard that I learned that there were some techniques and ways in which which I could not only avoid burnout, but also perform at a top level. There are certain things that we learn growing up about health and wellness, but when it comes to being a business owner and having a life where things are really demanding and there are tons of opportunities and distractions, you have to take your health and wellness to a whole nother level. And ultimately, the phrase high performer just means that you are able to be at a certain level physically, mentally, all the things for an extended period of time. At least that's what it means to me. I'm not going to go up and then crash and burn. And so I think for me in the very beginning of this journey as a business owner, like I said, high performance wasn't something on my radar. I just wanted to make money, grow my business, scale, but I didn't know what it was actually going to require for me. So I'm so grateful that my husband kind of entered into this world and gave me some insight how at how I could join the world's top performers. And I think for a lot of people, that phrase high performance feels very masculine. It almost feels like you're going to have to give up every single thing that you love in your life in order to dedicate yourself to, I don't know, running marathons, eating only vegetables. There's a lot of preconceived notions, especially around women, because it's not a very feminine phrase. But I've learned to adapt it to what works for me. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about how I became a high performer. And honestly, I didn't even really know I was a high performer until the other day when my James said, my husband James said, you know, you are a high performer. You're there. You've done it. And of course, we all have miles to go. We all have ways to go. I still have a lot that I could improve upon. But I feel like I have a lot to share with you right now as I am today, based on what I've experienced over the last seven years. So let's dive in. This episode was sponsored by the I Heart My Life Mastermind. The I Heart My Life Mastermind is perfect for you if you already have a business and you're looking to scale. We cover tons of different topics. We cover marketing strategy, revenue planning, team, processes, everything you need in terms of mindset, high performance, really taking care of yourself as well as your business, events, publicity. We literally have seven coaches under one umbrella 
to support you and give you the answers to all of your burning questions. We host regular weekly workshops where you get your personal questions answered. We have retreats. You have a private Slack channel where you get to ask questions 24-7. You have an extensive resource bank that helps you put in place our cash method in your own business and much, much more. This is one of the most inventive programs around. I don't know anyone else offering the service that we provide. So if you are interested in growing your business and transforming your life, definitely book a call with us to learn more. Go to iHeartMyLifeBooking.com and learn more about the iHeartMyLife Mastermind. Okay, so one of the first things that I actually decided to do to transform my life was to start protecting my sleep. I believe I first heard that phrase, protect your sleep, when I went to this event called the Titan Summit. It was run by Robin Sharma. It was held in Zurich, Switzerland, and this was this was years ago. Someone was talking about protecting your sleep. And I never really thought about it that way, that we actually need to protect our sleep. Otherwise, we won't get the best sleep possible. And that, in my opinion, is the most important thing you can do if you only take one thing from this conversation with me today. It's to protect your sleep. Because truly, that affects everything. It affects your mindset, your mood, how how you know quickly your brain is working, how efficiently your brain is working. It affects your relationships. It affects your fitness. It affects your weight. It affects everything. And so that was really the first thing that I decided to do. And so you might be asking, what does it mean to actually protect my sleep? So what I realized is that there were some simple steps that I could take to make sure I got enough sleep as well as quality sleep. So I'm going to share some of them today. Now, I'd recommend this one thing first and foremost, though, because we don't actually know how we're performing in terms of sleep which might sound like a complete oxymoron, um, but we there is like a performance level to track when it comes to sleep. So what I did is I actually invested in something called an Aura Ring. Now, of course, there's the Apple Watch, there's other things you can get that can track your sleep, but the Aura Ring was specifically designed for sleep to be able to measure your sleep. And so what I do is I wear this ring when I'm sleeping. You can wear it every day, but it's not the best when it, at least in my experience, when it comes to tracking workouts and other things. So I just use it for sleep. And basically it'll tell you, you know, what your sleep level is, what your performance level for sleep is. So on an average night, it'll tell you what your total sleep is, the efficiency of your sleep, your restfulness, how much REM you got, how much deep sleep you got, your latency, which is essentially how long it took you to fall asleep. So for example, if it took me one minute, that would actually be too fast. So it wants you to be at over three minutes. And then it would talk about the timing of your sleep. And then it also has this amazing graph where it shows your sleep stages. So for example, I don't have kids, but I do have a cat who tends to meow at 3 a.m. for some reason. So on the current um, graph that I'm looking at right now, it shows that I was awake for 44 minutes between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m., Okay. It also shows how much REM I got, how much light sleep, how much deep sleep. And it's also really interesting to compare my graphs and my data to James, for example. So I, on this particular one I'm looking at, I had a 95 sleep score out of 100, which is obviously really good. Um, I was asleep for eight hours and 51 minutes, time in bed, nine hours and 36 minutes. And on that particular night, 
I had 44% deep sleep, so three hours and 56 minutes. Now, that is not normal. James gets way less than that. And what we've come to realize is my body does a really great job at recovering, which is one of the reasons why I can actually naturally perform at a high level. I believe that I've gotten this trait from my dad. I'm not a sleep expert, but he has the same sort of a thing. And he's always been somebody who is able to perform at a a high level. Um, And anyway, my issue, though, is my REM. So normally, now this night is different. It says I had one hour and 30 minutes of REM. Um, Normally, my REM is too low, which means my mind is overactive, which I'm going to talk about in just a second. And I need to do things to quiet it before I go to sleep in order for it to basically, basically repair. Now, for those of you who don't know much about sleep, a lot of our learning happens in the middle of the night when our body is resting, when our, it's like a reset. Okay. And so we're putting in information during the day, but it's being processed at night. And so we want to think about what we can do before bed in order to wind down and really um, decompress so that our mind can be turned off and go into that reset mode. If you think about it, those of us who look at screens before we go to bed, for example, looking at our phones, watching TV, that is basically telling the mind to be awake, to be on, to be active. And that's the complete opposite of what we want it to experience or to think that we're telling it or guiding it to do before going to bed. So some of the things in addition to getting this aura ring and having awareness that I've done to protect my sleep is to not be in front of screens. And so making at a point to an hour before bedtime, going upstairs where we actually removed the TV from our bedroom, by the way, there's no TV up there and, um, doing certain things, which I'll talk about in a second as well to wind down and not be in front of screens. So ask yourself, when do you stop watching screens or are you literally watching screens from the moment, you know, right before you, you shut your eyes? Are you watching TV in bed? Are you looking at your phone? Are you planning for your next day? And most people are, most people don't even understand what they would do for an hour before bed without the options of watching screens. I'm going to give you a few ideas, so don't worry, but it was one of those things that I never thought I could do either. I never thought that I would be able to not have a TV in the bedroom. For me, when we go to hotels, it's like this big treat. Oh my gosh, I get to have a TV in the bedroom. We get to watch TV in bed and James just laughs at me, but it still does feel like this treat and that's okay, right? Like most of the time, unless we're there for a conference or something, if we're there for vacation and it doesn't really matter when we wake up the next morning, then, you know, by all means, watch TV in bed, go crazy. (laughs) But for me, I had to really decide, you know, whether this was important to me and what was more important rather, was it getting a good, good night's sleep, protecting my sleep or watching TV in bed. And when I looked at kind of the ripple effect and played the whole tape through, so to speak, I knew what would happen if I watched TV in bed. Yes, it would be great for those 30 minutes, but then the next day and the days after that, I would suffer. My work would suffer. My business would suffer. So above all else, when you're looking to become a high performer, ask yourself, like, why am I doing this? What is important to me within this situation and scenario? And for me, it was my business to be successful, me to be successful, 
my clients to be taken care of. And so all of that was my motivation for making this change. You're not going to change unless the desire becomes greater than the fear or that, you know, that lack, that thing that you feel like you're giving up. Okay. So an example would be weight loss. We all know that if you have a desire to be healthier, to lose weight, to be stronger, to fit into clothes, if that is stronger than the loss pain, then you'll be able to reach your goal. If you give in to the food or not exercising, then the desire wasn't strong enough. So it's the same thing here. So what I like to do before bed, like I said, is really eliminate some of the screen time. That means that I might read an actual book. And by the way, this should not be anything that's stimulating. It shouldn't be anything personal development. It should be ideally fiction. Now, I'm not really a fiction person. So oftentimes I'll read very light books. Maybe it's a story or um, even sometimes something that is more spiritual works for me. So you get to decide. Or maybe you want to listen to some classical music. Maybe you want to take a bath. The other thing I absolutely love, which goes into my second point, is utilizing our craft gun. So you might have heard of Theraguns. It's something that is an electric device that basically pounds your muscles like a little drill, like a handheld massager. And it's a great way to support your body in recovery and to eliminate, you know, sore muscles and all of that stuff. I also love to stretch. So, you know, really anything that's going to help you wind down. Maybe it's meditation. Maybe maybe it's lighting a candle. Maybe it's just having a conversation with your partner. I know that sounds like a foreign concept to a lot of people, but you could actually talk to your partner in bed before falling asleep. Okay, we don't have to be glued to Netflix until the very last second. So the first point, like I said, is protecting my sleep. And then the second point is really just stretching and winding my body down, whether it's stretching or using that um, that massage gun. That's really helpful for me. And it's a great ritual. The other thing that James and I like to do is we share gratitude, we share joy, and we share what we love about each other. I've shared this on a podcast before, so we share those three things. So again, if you're winding down, you're not in front of screens, you're going to sleep better. There's no ifs, ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, and so really think about what's going to work for you. And you don't have to kind of go, go cold turkey here. If you're used to watching TV in bed, practice for a few nights not doing that and see the difference it makes. Maybe you get an aura ring and you start to track your sleep and you see, okay, on the nights where I don't watch TV, this is the quality sleep I get. On the nights that I do watch TV, this is what happens. And so I also pay attention to the nights that I drink alcohol, the nights that I eat later. And so you can pay attention to what actually works for you because it's it's actually really interesting to compare your results to say your partner's results. When I look at James's graphs, his REM, if he gets like an hour of REM, his um, tracking system says, okay, great, you're set, that's more than enough. If I get an hour, mine says that's not enough. And so what that tells us is that my mind needs more recovery than James's. And that makes sense because I work at a really crazy pace. I do a lot of multitasking. 
Like, I I don't even know how to describe it. Like I get so much done in the span of a day and there's a lot of obviously utilization of my mind. Not that James doesn't have a lot of utilization of his mind, but we work very differently and our responsibilities are very different. And so it, it makes sense. And every human being recovers in a different way and needs something different. Now, there are a few things that are kind of the same across the board, and one of those is to reduce your screen time. So really practice that. Take what I'm teaching you here and pick at least one thing to take action on. And like I said, if you protect your sleep, that's going to be a game changer for you. And the first thing you can do is just reducing that screen screen time before bed. All right, the next thing that I implemented was regular exercise. Now, I've shared this before. It's not a new thing. Uh, I talked about my fitness journey in 2020, so you can go back and listen to those episodes. But one of the things that was the kicker for me was when I actually got a test from the Amen Clinic. So it's a company, it's it's an institute, I should say, created by Dr. Amen, who is obsessed and an expert at brain health. And it showed um, some abnormalities, not necessarily abnormalities, but things I could be working on. And one of those things was increasing physical fitness and increasing the amount of exercise that I was getting because that directly relates to brain health. And this was something I never thought about in the past. I thought, okay, I need to exercise to stay thin. I need to exercise, of course, to be healthy. But for whatever reason, when I heard about this correlation between exercise and brain health and also a lack of dementia and years, you know, years on and dementia runs in my family, then I was sold. So I realized that this had to become a part of my routine. It had to be something that I made a priority. So regular exercise is definitely something that it that is um, implemented by high performers. And you can ask yourself, you know, right now, are there... 30 minutes a day where you're watching TV or you're doing something that's not serving you. And you could replace that with some cardio or some strength training. We can all find the time. And in fact, all the things I'm talking to you, talking to you about here are not, um, things that should be separate to what you're doing as a high performer. These are things that, or how do I say it? So I used to think that all of these items were just tasks that I should personally be doing, but then I realized that they were actually requirements to be successful. So just like sending that email, jumping on the Facebook live, recording the podcast, Obviously, we see correlations between those things and our level of success, but I had to start to correlate the high performance elements and tasks that I started to do with success. So it couldn't be like, oh, you know, if I feel like it, I'll do it. It had to be a requirement in order for me to be successful. And that really shifted things in my mind. It wasn't like it could be an afterthought or if I felt like it, I'll do it. Or, you know, when I have the time someday, it had to become a priority. So really think about that for yourself. You know, how do you make this a priority in your own life? And again, it comes back to desire. It comes back to the reality and the results you know you're going to get through taking these action steps. The next thing I did was got clear on how I wanted to eat and the food I wanted to put in my body. James and I pretty much only buy organic food. I try to eliminate the pro- I've tried to eliminate the processed food that I eat. I'm not perfect by any means. Um, food is probably the more challenging of everything I'm sharing on this list. 
Um, there's still a lot that I'm working on with food. There's a lot of emotion around food, but even having that awareness, working with trainers, working with nutritionists, that's been super helpful. So now I know the information, but I will completely admit that for me, that's that one, I won't say final piece because we're always we're always working towards something, but that's that one thing that I'm still working on connecting to the result of connecting to the desire around food and releasing some of the stuff that still, um, I still have like a hook hook around. And what I mean by that is oftentimes we associate food with pleasure. We associate food with um, being social. And so there's a lot of hooks when it comes to that relationship that I'm still looking to release. All right, the next thing in terms of being a high performer is adding in supplements. Now, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a doctor. I'm happy to share some of the supplements that I take, but you need to go and do your own research. Um, So I actually did a blood test when I worked with the Amen Clinic, and they were able to share some recommendations of supplements that I should be taking that not only directly contribute to brain health, but also contribute to health overall based on my lifestyle. So I recommend that you speak to a professional. So for me in the mornings on an empty stomach, I'll take ashwagandha as well as vitamin D um, supplements. And then later on in the day when I've had food, I'll take, um, some oil supplements as well as, uh, a multivitamin. And then later on with dinner, I take magnesium. Now that one is also something that really supports a good night's sleep. So that's definitely one to look into. Again, I'm not an expert here, but it's something that my husband James goes on and on and on about. And we've talked about the results and the benefits of taking that one. And he shared that with many of our clients. So that's definitely something to look into. But really, I do recommend getting a blood test, get some blood work done, see what's going on within your system, see, get some recommendations from specialists who are able to look at your lifestyle and give you some clarity around what you should be taking. All right, the next thing is mindset work. Now, that phrase does not do it justice. (laughs) This whole podcast is basically mindset work. I listen to mindset podcasts from other people all the time. I read books. Um, And when I say mindset work, it's really just paying attention to the quality of my thoughts, paying attention to when I'm going into fear or doubt or insecurity and shifting back into faith. Again, listening to other people's podcasts, experts I admire, reading books, doing my money mantras, um, doing my meditation, all of those pieces to contribute to my mental health. So there's a few different areas that we're looking at here. Some is physical. A lot of it is mental. We'll talk more about some of the mental items. Some are a combination. So maybe for you, there's a lot of fear or doubt and it's causing anxiety and that's influencing the amount of sleep that you're getting or not getting. So all of this is tied together. All of this contributes to what we're talking about in terms of the the holistic success that you're experiencing, the life that you're experiencing, the success in life or the lack of success, okay? So for me, mindset work, if you want to know more about the mindset work that I do, you can probably take a look at basically every single episode in this podcast um, and get more information about some of the steps that you can take. Okay, next thing, very practical. I actually removed my email as well as the application called Slack from my phone. 
So the only thing I really have that's work related is Voxer. And even that I will log out of that at 6 p.m. So think about what's on your phone at the moment. I also moved all of my applications that weren't, um, I guess I should say the things that were causing me the most stress, maybe that's the easiest way to say that, to the second screen. So I don't actually see if there's a notification for anything unless I deliberately scroll over, and I'm talking about an an iPhone. If I scroll over to the second page, then I see things like personal email, WhatsApp, Voxer, Facebook Messenger, all those things. So when I'm initially looking at my phone, those items aren't coming up which for me, that was a very personal decision because my phone started to really stress me out and I had to do what I needed to do to release its hold and control over me. So again, take what I'm teaching you, but then ask yourself, what is gonna work for me? What right now is causing stress? What is causing me to not protect my sleep? What is reducing my level of happiness? What is reducing my quality of life? And then make some plans to shift that. Next practical thing I did was to have somebody else answer my emails. This is one of many things we could talk about when it comes to outsourcing, but I just wanted to list some of like the top level things that you could be doing. So really ask yourself, do you have to be answering all the emails that come into your inbox? Well, the answer is probably no. You could have somebody reviewing those emails and only ask you the stuff that they need to ask you. So think about it. How can you quiet the noise of your life and your business? Next thing is that I finish work by 6 p.m. Now, sometimes it's actually much earlier, but I was somebody who would work, I would work probably until 6.30, but then I would grab my computer again and stay on the computer as James and I were watching TV from like seven to nine. And again, that's not protecting my sleep. I'm not gonna do my best work during that period of time, so I'd much rather protect my sleep, get amazing sleep, and then the next day be able to kill it in a shorter amount of time. Think about it. So it's not about the quantity, the hours that you're working. It's about the quality. What if you could get more done in less time? Well, hey, you can if you protect your sleep, if you become a high performer. And so that's what I've been all about. There's no reason for me to be online at 7 p.m., 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Of course, there are times where we're in the middle of a launch. Something might come up. But even then, I now have people to support me. But even if you don't, Remind yourself, you do not need to be working in the evening. In fact, it's imperative to your success that you don't. The more important thing is that you protect your sleep so you wake up refreshed in the morning, ready to go. You can work diligently for eight hours straight if you want. Obviously take breaks, but you can work diligently and have normal nine to five hours and then switch off, okay? So really think about that. Are you working late into the night and now that's causing you to not sleep well? Well, what if you got on a better schedule and you actually had that evening to yourself, got up earlier, had more quality work hours, right? And then you wouldn't have to be online late in the evening. So really remember that all of that is possible for you. The other thing I wanted to say is that I've also learned to be kind to myself. 
If there's a day where I don't do things well or well in my book, or I wake up in the morning and immediately look at my phone, which is something else I try not to do. You really should not be looking at screens for the first hour in the morning. And I'm still working on that one because one of the biggest issues is that most of us use our phones as an alarm, right? And so James and I will naturally get up at six, but I actually like to get up at five in the morning, sometimes earlier because I like to have a good span of time for myself. I like to do cardio in the morning first thing on an empty stomach, and then I'll eat something, I'll have a shake, I'll you know get on with my day. I Right now at the moment, my morning routine looks like me sitting in bed, doing some reading, sometimes answering some emails, letting my hair air dry a little bit, and then I get dressed and I... Um, put on my makeup and all that stuff and normally have meetings um, or start to take calls around nine. So for me, like those first four hours are really important to getting myself, um, like I said, to having cardio time, to eating a good breakfast, to even relaxing and doing some personal development and mindset work um, while I'm drinking my coffee. So listening to a podcast, reading a book, I like to answer some of my emails or look at my tasks. And again, not my emails, like the emails that my team member has said I need to look at, not all of them, but I like to look at all of those and then go into my day. And so I actually get a lot done in that first hour before I even start calls, which feels really amazing. And then the past few days, I've actually been done with work around two o'clock. And then I do a strength training session. Sometimes like today, because I'm going to be not working tomorrow, I'm working until five. So again, you get to decide. And my point was, I'm kind to myself throughout the process. I also allow it to be my process. A lot of people think that you need to have a perfect morning routine. And I've even done an episode on my morning routine. And that was one version of it. But my version changes from period to period based on what I feel I need in that moment. And that's okay. And in saying that, there are a few things that I think should be consistent if you are looking to be a high performer, and those are what I've shared with you today. So protecting your sleep, okay? Stretching, that's a huge one. Regular exercise, awareness around food, supplements, anything practical that you want to do to reduce the noise in your life, such as removing emails or apps from your phone, ending work at a certain time. The body actually does love predictability. And so if you can get into a schedule with ending work, especially as an entrepreneur, it's really important. Ending work at a certain time and waking up at a certain time, that will be hugely beneficial. And then mindset work. So those are all my recommendations in terms of you becoming a high performer. Again, you can make it your own, but those are those are easy things that you can start to implement now, I promise. Taking supplements, not that big of a deal. Regular exercise, go on a walk if that's all you can do at this point in time. Be aware of your food. Stretch more. It actually feels really good to stretch more. Every time I do it, I'm like, why don't I do this all the time? <laughs> what is going on here? Protecting your sleep. Again, if that's the only thing you take away from this entire episode, do that thing first. Okay? Thank you for listening, and I'm excited about you becoming a high performer. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the I Heart My Life show. Now do us a favor and tell people about this episode. It's truly our duty to make sure that the I Heart My Life movement is spread far and wide. The truth is life can be challenging, but it is possible for all women to love themselves and their lives. 
And while you're at it, send a link to this episode to three of your friends today, or maybe even post it on social media. Use the hashtag IHurtMyLifeShow. That's hashtag IHurtMyLifeShow. And if you'd like to help me personally, then please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars, cheer us on, and leave a review because believe it or not, that stuff actually really does help. And I read all of them. Please remember everything you desire is meant for you and possible. Keep showing up, taking action, and believing in your dreams.